Welcome to a special joint episode, Pit Lane Parlay and Stick to F1 podcast. We are going to do some news and random F1 topics with the Stick to F1 guys, Jason Martinez and Anthony Mangione. Gentlemen, how are we? Ready for Baku. Yes. Ready for more racing this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah. Frenchie? Doing well, though, you man. It's been, it's, been, it's been a good good Formula One season so far. It's been pretty, yeah. some pretty cool storylines and... You know, some guys exceeding expectations, some guys in new rides that, you know, aren't meeting Mm -hmm. expectations, and, you know, a seven-time world champion that is getting outscored by his teammate and out-qualified by him as well. Yeah, George, I think that was, like, one of the things we hit on in our, like, very short 15-minute episode last week was that George Russell was one of my, like, positive surprises for the year just for the fact that He's turned a not so great Mercedes car into Frenchie. Did we? We I know we looked it up on Friday, but he's finished top five every race, right? Every race so far. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing so, consistency, man. Yeah. And I, my theory on that is also, Mike, that I think it helps that he was in an, in many ways has recent experience in a, in a car that gave, you know that could really give you some issues in the Williams. So for him, yep. I think it's maybe a little bit easier to adapt to a more finicky car than maybe it is for, you know, the seven-time world champion, at least early on here. Oh, yeah. I mean, that Williams car still is is, uh, is what it is. <laughs> no bueno. I was trying to think of, like, how to say that without, like, dropping too many curse words into an episode, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, although you know, Albon's gotten a lot out of that car. Yes. Yeah. Albon has done very well. Yeah. Latifi, okay. not so much. Yeah, I think the, I think the Williams is coming along a little bit. Latifi, I think, is going to be out of a ride at the end of the year, if not before. Um, yep. So, uh, but you know, Albon, he's a legit driver. You know, he was in that Red Bull program, and then you know things didn't work out. I mean, had what happened in Brazil not happened to him when Hamilton took him off? He probably would not have lost that seat. He'd have been a race winner. So, I yep. don't know. Um, I think that team's coming along a bit. They, Yoss Capito is running the team, and I think they're moving in the right direction. Are they going to be up there with the, the big boys anytime soon? I don't think so, but, I mean, they're much more respectable than they were. So I'm going to let you guys bring up whatever topics we want for this first half. I know you're going to do your own Baku preview uh, afterwards, so Frenchie and I will do the same thing afterwards and make our own predictions. Uh, but just a reminder for everybody who's in our grid rival fantasy league, make sure you check your lineups because they reset and you have until I think the end of the day, a Friday to set your lineups for the weekend. So this is the only time I'm giving a courtesy reminder all year. So I stopped seeing the messages in the, in the grid rival chat of why did my lineup reset? So, uh, set your lineups. No, it's Friday at 10 AM, Friday at 10 AM. Thank you. You got to get it done before quality. Um, Actually, where I want to start is I want to ask you guys a question because, you know, one of the top storylines in F1 is the very disappointing season of Daniel Ricciardo. McLaren in year two never really got his handle on that car last year. Had a surprise win at Monza after winning that sprint race. But when you, you know, Hamilton and Verstappen go out to turn two there as well with Verstappen's car on top of them, so maybe that (laughs) helps. But I think he earned the win anyway. But he has looked even more disappointing this year. And I know one of the guys that's testing with McLaren and Zach Brown's bringing him uh, for a test is Colton Herta. What can you tell us about Colton Herta? What can you tell the F1 audience about him? Frenchie, you want to start? Yeah, I think Colton Herta has been pretty amazing to watch. I mean, just starting from I started following his career when he stepped up to Indy Lights. Um, which is kind of like, I guess, the F2 for IndyCar, basically. And he didn't win the championship, but he injured himself at one point, I believe, and then still pretty much fought it out with Pato Award, who's kind of another, I mean, another they're both yeah, generational talents. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Colton, I would say, is bad fast. Like, he he has the raw speed, and what we haven't seen from him so far is the racecraft. He's been making some kind of mistakes, I would, you know, like rookie-ish kind of mistakes. And he's been in IndyCar for, what is it, Mike, about three years now? I think this is year four, yeah. Okay, so th- he when he has a good day, he's, like, so far out ahead of the field, it's unbelievable. 
but then there are some days where he just ends up in the wall or makes a silly mistake trying to make it too aggressive a pass and it's just like he's still what is he 21 years old and you, you kind of remember how young this guy really is yeah, and i know finish the, the race if you want to win the exactly race. <laughs> exactly that's that's what we're still missing a little bit from him but i think if you iron out those rough edges he's gonna be pretty much unbeatable it's like do you, think he's, do you think he's pressing at all knowing i mean because i mean everything with him getting the seat with you know obviously in the seat fitting with mclaren and everything is there you think he's potentially pressing and trying to push a little too hard i don't know i honestly don't think that has any impact on his mentality but it's like going back to nashville last year he led two-thirds of the race he was going to reclaim the re- lead of the race as pit stops worked their way through and just pushed it too hard and went into the wall. And then he did that in Long Beach this year? Question yeah. mark? Well, none of the street course. So it's like, he's he's got the talent. And I, and I don't think the McLaren thing actually is like in the back of his mind when he's in the race car. He's just, just, just needs to rein it in like just a little, just like a little bit and he'll be fine. Cause I, I think he's, he's got the talent. And I think he could succeed in F1 if he just, you know, is able to just kind of think about the points. You know, you might not be able to pull out a win or, you know, it might be, you know, you have a bad pit stop or, you know, what hap- what's happened to Colton multiple times this year is the team has underfueled his car oh. by, by accident. And more than once this year. So it's like, you know, you just got to take your lumps and know that, like, shit happens and just instead of getting angry and like driving bad fast like he did in long beach where he went from like eighth to third or something like that like in one sequence just just take what you can get and don't end up in the wall and he'll be okay yeah f one's so much like a game of chess it's about you know not the next lap but it's about incremental gains to me though he looks like a guy i know lando norris knows him well and they raced prior um, together and Lando said he is like mad rapid in high speed yeah. corners. <laughs> he's, he's like that's the thing. Like the guy's got. He just said he could never match his telemetry in high speed corners. Yep. Is that just a big set of balls on him, or what is it? What's the deal with that? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah it seems yeah. like he has he no looks fear. like a star to me too. Like he looks the part, right? He's the Go ultimate ahead, California kid. So he'd be a perfect yeah. representation for America and F1, I think, because he's got that chill vibe. He's got, like, the, the chucks on with the jeans and the black T-shirt, and he's a punk drummer, <laughs> right? He's got a punk band that he's the drummer for. So he's kind of got that, like, skater California guy vibe that I think would be really interesting to see mesh with the F1 crowd. Uh, here's the thing, Jason. Here We'll I use a that. hockey analogy for you, and this one will be a good one. He's kind of like Tre- Trevor Zegras. Yeah. From the Anaheim Oh, Ducks. okay. Kind of, yeah, like, I could like, see flare, that. A lot of flair. Yeah, a lot of flair. Kind of reminds mm-hmm. me, in terms of his, but I saw his, you know, his images and everything. I was like, if I had a hockey reference for this kid, I'd say he looks like Trevor Zegris and probably the way you're describing his sort of style of play or style of driving in this case when we talk about Zegris' style of play, obviously. Well, I mean, look, like so much of getting a seat at these levels, too, is about sponsorship. And to me, with the popularity of motorsport, and F1 in the United States, I imagine there's a lot of sponsors that want to get on board and get a piece of this growth and this explosion that's happening. So I imagine he could come with a lot of money as well. Yeah, I, you know, when 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 we originally broke the, well, the the original Andretti to F1 story in the fall last year, part of that was Gainbridge, which is his IndyCar sponsor, and Indianapolis Motor Speedway sponsor, Indy 500 sponsor, and I think they're sponsoring something else in IndyCar later this year. But their parent is either them or their their parent company, which is Guggenheim, yeah, which is like trillions of dollars in in assets, was part of that original F1 deal. I don't think it is at this point, but I'd imagine like if somebody like that is like, hey, we'll go to F1 if Colton goes to F1. There's probably somebody out there looking at Colton Herter right now going, okay, if he goes to McLaren or if this Andretti thing ever actually happens, you know, we're, we're coming over with you guys. Well, the other thing too, you look at it and there's going to be three F1 races in the States next year. Vegas is coming on in November of 2023. 
you already have Miami now with one race under their under the belt, and Austin, at, you know, at Coda. So you got three American races. It's a great opportunity. So I imagine you know that's part of it. One of the other things I wanted to ask you guys, you know, watching Monaco last week, I don't know if there's a comp in IndyCar for a track that is totally outdated. <laughs> and I don't know what the like me and Aunt talked about. There's nothing you can really do because it's a city. Like it's Monte Carlo, <laughs> you know. You can't just do a wide, you know, road widening and make a passing zone. It's Monaco. That's part of the charm, but the race really leaves a lot to be desired. I think there wasn't many overtakes, and if there was five, then Gasly had four of them when he went to the intermediates. Yeah. And everybody else, or when he went to the softs, and everybody else was on intermediates. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, I don't know if there's a comp in IndyCar, but I don't know what, even know what to do with Monaco going forward because just watch qualifying and there's your finishing order. First off, unless, well, unless you uh, screw up the pit stops. Yeah, yeah. Unless you pull a Ferrari, which we—that's what we we, 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 we said last week. Somehow, and and I read this earlier today. It's like on a track where you can't pass, Ferrari bungled a one-two starting position. So, but anyway, God, I'm trying to think, you know, you could say it's, it's not a direct comparison at all, but when, when they redid Phoenix for NASCAR, which is an oval, so it's, you know, Phoenix is pretty brutal. Texas, when they, again, because of NASCAR, put down that traction compound is pretty brutal, but it actually was pretty good this year. So, but is there one that's directly predicated on your qualifying position in IndyCar. Like Sonoma, they can take over at Sonoma, and same with Watkins Glen. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think you're going to get something. It's hard to pass at Laguna, but... Yeah, Laguna is tough, but it's not impossible. Seven. Yeah, yeah. Laguna. Yeah. I think tough. the biggest problem is, is like, uh, I know Frenchie told me this, like, the current F1 car is as long oh, as yeah. a Chevy Suburban. Like, that's... Yeah. That's insane. They're eight meters long. Yeah. That's just wide. too much. Yeah. The like, if you look at so an old now. F1 car, even from, like, the early 2000s compared to now, it's a good three feet longer, maybe. Yeah. It's a Fiero compared to a Lincoln Continental. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. I saw a Fiero today on the road. I was behind when I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about those little things, little two-seaters. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty sick, though. Uh, but, you know, Monaco is what it is, I guess. I mean, they're in negotiations right now. I don't know how they move forward and what they do. You hate to see it leave the calendar because of the history. Like, the history of motorsport means something. And I just – you can't make the car smaller again. You can't ever go backwards in that way. So, I don't know what they're going to do. But um, it, it was still a pretty fascinating race, I thought. And to, to see Checo win that race, Sergio Perez, I picked him, by the way, felt pretty damn good. I mean, other than winning his home Grand Prix – in Mexico, I was – Ant and I are big fans of Checo. Yeah. And we were both very happy that he won that race. Hopefully you didn't see in the trouble he got after the race. Oh, yeah. What happened after the race? What about him uh, getting people he, thrown in the pool? He, no, he had a – No, he, had a, he – Go ahead. He had a close, uh, close encounter, let's say, with a fan that um, got someone caught on camera that uh, maybe his wife wasn't going to be too happy about. Let's just say that. Oh. Good on Jekko. <laughs> bueno. Someone caught the picture. It might have been just the right time, but yeah, yeah. when you saw what they captured, they could definitely take that out of context. Mm. I see. Gotcha. Yeah, he's out of country. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. It's like, what is this, Vegas? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happens at Monaco stays at Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, it was you know good for him. I'm happy. Like, if somebody... Even though I, I put money on Leclerc winning that race, if it was going to be somebody who wasn't Leclerc winning that race, I'm, I'm, I can live with Checo. Well, especially after what happened at, at Spain, right? Yeah. Where yeah. he was not yeah. happy about having the seed position not once but twice, citing a different strategy, which was there was a little bit of bullshit in that because he was faster at the one time on his strategy. And if, he, if they would have let him through Max at that point, then maybe he could have been in position to make that strategy work. And he wasn't happy about it. He said, we got to talk about it. He, I thought he handled it really professionally yeah. in the way he dealt with the media with it and said, look, I wasn't happy about it. We're going to have to have a conversation and come to an understanding, and they did. 
and then he comes out in the next race and gets the win. Now, Jos Verstappen wasn't very happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. Is <laughs> he ever? That race. What a yeah. dirtbag. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh... Again. <laughs> uh... Seriously. As soon, as soon as I read that, I was just like. Yeah, bad time. You know, you want the guy. The guy literally defended your kid into a world championship last year. That in that race, Jacko doesn't do that. He does not win the world championship because he's not in position. He had no business. Lewis had that race in a rocking chair mm-hmm. and had the eighth title in the bag. And if it wasn't for the def- any of the defensive maneuvers by Perez, your kid isn't a world champ. Well, Max closes that gap enough so that Hamill can't take a free pit stop. Precisely. Yeah, that's that's and why he wins the championship because of that. But again, they may be again. There is. I think this also stems as well. I'm not turning this into a whole Red Bull section, but we might as well discuss it. Um, the dis this seems the, dis, the dissatisfaction with how the car is dialed in for Max versus Sergio, who seems to have unlike last year, Sergio's the one struggling with the car. This year, Sergio says this car is really fitting into his driving style and. You know, the points have gotten tighter as a result, so... He's only 15 points back. security, I don't know. He's 15 points back, and it makes you wonder, like, being Verstappen's teammate is not easy. From a perform- <laughs> just from a performance <laughs> from, standpoint. Yeah, from right? every level. From having yeah. to hang out with Yas in the garage. <laughs> and he's always around, right? <laughs> he so just lurks. The, yeah. the doting dad. <laughs> it's the whole thing. It's Earl Woods. So it's hard enough to be his teammate from a competitive standpoint. And it just makes you wonder, is it a self-fulfilling prophecy that nobody can be his teammate long-term? And I'll also add one other thing to the mix, Jay. So also the fact that Sergio is very, very popular with his crew. He always has been going back to his team Force India, prior to Force India. You know, what happened with, you know, obviously with Racing Point, what happened to him. He's, I, and it's, I, I wonder at that dynamic, sort of if the one side of the garage is maybe a, li, a bit on edge when it comes to Max, that Sergio's <laughs> sort of more like jovial, kind of jovial and, and in with his crew uh, a bit more and dialed in a little bit more. And that may be something that is a concern in terms of team dynamics. Yeah, I think it's Max, like team. Lewis Hamilton, is very demanding. Like the DRS button thing. And they're like, Max, <laughs> just press the button once. You know he was kicking the living shit out of that button when it wasn't opening. <laughs> it's like me like, when my computer freezes, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he was, like, wailing on it. <laughs> it just wasn't working. Then it ended up working for him. But anyway, um, so it'll be it'll be fascinating to see. And I'd love to see the F1 guys come over and just do an exhibition at, like, Indianapolis or something. I want to see them on an oval or, you know, something like that just to see what those cars can do. On one of those well, tracks. Like, could you see him at Talladega? He's a, they, some of those guys seem a little bit uh, nervous to come over uh, to, to, to do to do the oval and to uh, to do the five hundred. Well, Grosjean scared to death of it. Of yeah, he, yeah, he, he he's he's caught on. Well, he wasn't so good in Indy, but um, he where did Grosjean race last year? Gateway, and he was he did pretty good. He did pretty good, but yeah, I mean, listen, I get it. It's 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 a daunting task, but I would love to see them just come to like, uh, like you said earlier, like Watkins Glen or something. Where maybe it's not even an official race because I don't think Watkins Glen is up to F one standards for like garages and, and all that. Yeah, yeah. But it would be cool to see. I mean, I would fly back east for that in a heartbeat just to go. I yeah. want to see IROC come back, have them put them all in the same car and do that yeah. kind of stuff again. IROC was awesome. Was awesome. Yes, I still love, love that. Yes, I remember watching like and Michael Andretti, yeah, or maybe Mario Andretti, but probably Michael Andretti when he was racing NASCAR, and you know, you had like Tony Stewart that was doing it, and all these different guys, you know, in the IROC series. Maybe Dale Earnhardt was in it at the time, and I, I think they got some F one guys. I think like a I, if I, Emerson Fittipaldi might have done it one time. And those were awesome. Those were fun because it just race car drivers, no pressure, but they all want to win, and they're all in an absolutely equal automobile. I think that's cool. Yeah, that was that was so fun. Yeah, I remember watching I, those. I races. missed the. Like, I used to watch those, like before. Like we we would, I don't know, put them on tape. I guess because this the was HS definitely. Tape? Yeah, Sorry, and we would watch. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to like give people everybody already calls me old enough on this show as it is so i'm trying not to like 
give in too much but yeah like and i would watch it like before like a sunday indie car race like it would just be like a full day of racing for me yeah it's great i wish they would do that again uh, what do you guys think for baku this week i love this race since they've been there this yeah. will be what now the fifth time there the first year it was it wasn't called they weren't calling it baku it was a european grand prix if i recall yeah it had a in you know, the general euro name yeah and then they went to the Azerbaijan Baku Grand Prix in 2017. So Azerbaijan was 2016, 17, 18, 19, 22, and then they didn't race in 20 Not there yet. because that was COVID, and they yeah. did last year. So last year was the first one since, yeah, since 19. Last yeah. year was the Verstappen tire failure year, right? Yep. Yep. And then and Sergio scroll, went on to win it because scroll, of brake magic. Happened, all blew out. Yeah. And then, uh, and then brake magic happened to Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis went straight on a turn one, kind of like I did on the cold mediums in my league race the other day. Oh, you should, when I yelled and that happened. You should have seen my league race last night. It was pathetic. Where, where are you league racing, Mike? Uh, well, we're not. We're we're a little less fancy. We're, we have a the PLP Xbox League. Uh, and I was dead last. Well, I wasn't dead last. I was dead last in the finishing cars. So, uh, where do we what, race? What game are you racing on? Uh, F1. On F1 21? F1 21, the worst F1 game ever. Yeah, it's been a nightmare if you want to play online. Um, yeah. Let me ask you. I'll give you my uh, handle and uh, add yeah. it because, I'll, because I race on Xbox as well. Okay, yeah. I have a race tonight in the CSRL League, but I'm demanding that I join a new league. That's called Never Wet League. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no variable weather, yep. no wets. Actually, I the, suck. the rain races are the only one That's where what like, we tend to do well. Yeah, people are like, wow, you look good. You look good today. I'm like, yeah, I guess. But yeah, you got I, spun on the opening laps last night at Brazil. Like, it the, was in my turn fault. one, you spun. Yeah, so yeah. he had to make his way back from that. And I then I spun again. Third, it's Singapore. It's the tropical Brazilian, uh, you know, deluge, man. Uh, yeah. Equator, I, man. I, I qualified third at Singapore, which you know is a very difficult road yeah. streak, you know, track. And I'm having a great race. I'm in second place. I'm in great position. I'm on mediums. I'm good to go. Rain comes in. <laughs> totally fucked me. Five, ten minutes later, getting heavier. I'm like, all right, I got one more lap on the intermediates before I go to full wets. Yep, in the wall, done. <laughs> Tire was in my ear. For God's sakes, come on. Oh, I was what so runoff? pissed. What runoff? You... There's some runoff at the beginning of it, but after that, Not where I was. <laughs> Not, no, I know where you probably were at. <laughs> yep, there was I, no runoff there. I, I know exactly where you're talking about. And, uh, yeah, I'm hopeful. I mean, I know you guys are interviewing the F122 people so i'm Co-masters. super interested yeah, we're in final range yeah games. i'm yeah. super excited to see that i really hope that it's better because this game is so, it's just so depressing i just have never gotten a handle on it, it makes me question my decision making every monday night when we race and uh <laughs> what, you even gotten a handle on it from a pace standpoint or from just like online issues i mean the online issues are definitely prevalent but it's, you know, some tracks, like, some random curbs just pop up and kick you sideways, and you're not expecting it. Yeah, Mons is a lot different when it comes to the curb. Yeah, there's just like a that, few yeah. that, like, Brazil last night, like, I was okay, but, like, last night was, like, lots of self-inflicted mistakes. It was really, like, it was nobody else's fault. Nobody wrecked me. I spun myself twice, and then somehow I ended up, there was like a couple, there was a yellow flag and then a, a safety car and then a VSC and somehow I ended up a lap down. I'm like, all right, you know, and we kept going around in circles under yellow and I was like, I'm just get, I'm getting out of the way. I, I pit like three times under that safety car just to get like all the way to the back. And then I ended up two laps down in the end anyway. So it was just like, yeah, it was one of those nights track. like the, the race got done and I shut my Xbox off and went immediately into my bed. If you get the, the first sector hooked up there and make that left yeah. after the you can just get great lap time and i've i've like cracked the code on that one but there's still some that i just can't i just can't seem to get there like monaco i don't even fuck with nope i skip monaco the one game that got because i have a playstation so the one game that was somewhat good at the beginning and i don't know what they held gt the new gt uh, grand turismo yeah Yeah. we used to love that when we had all the playstations unplayable now the handling model on it i don't know what they did with the oh wow update the handling model is bomb 
Wow. They better do something. They, uh, all I know is Kaz and the crew, they better do something because I had those cars. Di- I, I had my cars relatively dialed in in that game. Um, I don't have a wheel. Jason's got a full wig. I, 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 have a, I, have a I use my controller. Yeah, we use the controller for Xbox. Yeah. And uh, just- then again, I'm not going to give you my handle. <laughs> I don't oh, race with controller. Don't be a snob. <laughs> <laughs> I got this new rig right over there. It's in pieces right now, but oh, F1 nice. center, I'm all in on it. I love it. I have no freaking life. I'm 50, and I'm, like, hanging out on a Friday night with a bunch of, like, I don't even know how old they are. But I do hear bong hits happening quite often in the background. <laughs> and sometimes a screaming kid along with it. <laughs> I don't think we have that in Arlie, but we definitely have the first one, or drinks being drank. You, yeah, you hear that cracking of can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinking and driving, kids. Well, get ready for 22, because it's coming out in less than a month. We'll have, Like you said, we're going to have Lee Mather on, and... Uh, PJ Tierney, once again, give us the download on the new game and F1 life and all that stuff. And the other part, if you like taking curbs, you're not going to like the new game because you're not going to be able to take them. Yeah. Just the they're so, yeah. <laughs> no you just can't, can't, can't drive on curb. The cars are so low. You're going to rip that floor up like nobody's business. Yeah. I'll be jacking up the ride height. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm going to have to rethink my setup strategy for next year. But I, I last night I took a – fellow competitor strategy from like the time trials and it's actually not bad i just you took a setup I've, from time trial yeah if you if you have like your xbox friends and you load like and they do a time trial you can just snag their setup yeah uh and that's typically what i do on weeks like yesterday where i was you know i was at the doctor in the morning and then busy i'm like i don't have time to practice i did four practice laps and took a nap last night before yeah, i always before take a time trial setup too and then i tweak it for a race yeah setup. Yeah, exactly what we typically do. Yeah. But back to Baku, I'm excited for it. I this all it's typically especially the last like three or four years, has been pretty good. There's always something wild that happens, whether it's you know, Leclerc going into the wall in the castle section or, oh. you know, tires blowing out last year. It's a it's it's racy in certain parts, it's tight in certain parts. It's a it's a pretty cool layout. I like it. I, I do you know that one straightaway in sector three to take you to start finish. Yeah. That's the longest straight on the F1 calendar. And DRS is really powerful there because it's a long DRS zone too. Um, and there's like technical sections there, especially in that middle sector. You mentioned the castle section. So I think it's really challenging for the drivers. Uh, I know Mercedes has already said going in that they fear they're going to have the same pace issues that they had at Monaco at Azerbaijan. Yeah. It could be sandbagging there. I don't know, but we'll see. But uh, I think it's going to be... Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. I would say this was last season, sure. This year, 
Yeah. I think I think the I think, I it's think legit. Their fears are real. I think their fears are their fears. I wonder with the long straight, are you going to see porpoising become an issue again this weekend? Very well, could. Great point. Could. Yep. Wanna, Especially for that like Mercedes. That. Yeah. And if because if you bring the ride height up, you're going to create more drag, and you're going to lose top line speed. Yeah. And this makes me think this is going to be a really big Red Bull weekend because, and I don't even mean just Red Bull. I mean Alpha too, because of that straight line speed. And those two DRS zones are really long. And I just don't know that a, a car can get to you and overtake you in those technical sections. And the overtaking is going to have to happen on, on those long straights. And I think Red Bull can fend it off from a DRS standpoint. But Ferrari's got no chance of fending it off from Red Bull from a straight line speed standpoint. So I think I it's think a big weekend for, for Red Bull. What would be for, wild is if we have multiple wrecks and Yuki Sonoda wins the race this time. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong car, though. <laughs> yeah. I could live with that. There's some guys where I, like, really don't want to see them win, but I could live with Lance Stroll. Uh, yeah. I mean, could you imagine Yuki on the, the post-race press conference when he wins? His TV interview would be unreal. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of a loose man. cannon. Or, <laughs> yeah, they know, dial him in last year a little amazing bit. Amazing there, too. Like, set, like Vettel, you know. But, again, circumstances in the last race got Vettel up the ladder in that one. You know, yeah. Fernando Alonso coming out of nowhere because he also off that red off off the red flag start uh, jumped how many spots last year? That yeah, he gained. Look, a out, handful. look out for Alpine this weekend too. They have good straight line speed. They they could be a factor in that. And they've had like in practice and in qualifying, they've had real pace. But then they get into the race, and it's not that the pace isn't there. I think Fernando for him, it's just been awful luck, awful. <laughs> when he got hit by Mick and lost three quarters of his side pod, you know, in lap two or whatever. Yeah, Mick could be out of, a, out of a seat here, too. You see in some of the stuff that Gunther Steiner's saying? They're cost, he's cost them about $4 million think, dollars think, already this year. I know, but I, I would also say at the same time, Jace, I think it's also just I think this is Gunther Waking him up. German, doing a German-to-German German kick in the ass here just mm-hmm. to kind of get him, you know, in year two, you know, in, in year two to be pointed in the right direction. The question is, you know, at this point, where's – where else is Mick going? I mean, he'd have to completely change. You know, he's Ferrari driver. I mean, unless Vettel retires and he replaces Vettel at Aston, which I don't think is. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. Necessarily. Yeah, Alpha. I mean, no, they just Alpha, I don't think so. Joe yeah, and they got Joe Guan Yu and, and obviously Bottas. Oh, they got that sweet. They got that sweet Chinese revenue coming in there. Yeah, they're <laughs> not going to do anything. Nowhere. I mean, if you lose the seat at Haas, you should lose the seat in F1. That should be a rule. <laughs> right? I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I, to me, that should be a rule. That's like a relegation <laughs> in Euro soccer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think Mick, Mick had some really good qualifying efforts, has had some really good qualifying efforts this year, and it just hasn't translated to race results. It's almost like, Russell, like two years ago, when he started to turn a corner, except Mick is making a lot more mistakes in the race that have cost a lot of money. Mick's had two two races recently though, where he would have finished in the points. Yep. The wreck at Miami with Vettel took him out of ninth, and then I think it was was it at Spain, where he was in position. No, it wasn't Spain. I think it was prior to that. Yeah, it was before. I think right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so Maybe not. He's I don't remember. two opportunities here. He's got a car that's much more competitive this year, and he's put it in the wall when he's had an opportunity to score points and hasn't done it. So um, I, yeah, the remainder of the season, I'm looking, there's only seven problem. races in. Yeah. So we shall see. Anything else, guys? So I did want to ask you about, yeah. Mike, I mentioned this earlier, that this is not an F1 question, but we are, going, we are heading into Le Mans this weekend. So I yeah. wanted to... You know, pick your brain about the experiences of covering a 24-hour race. Uh, what that was like at Daytona for you. So, this this year in January, this past January, was my second uh, Rolex 24. And both times I've left the race going, I never want to cover a 24-hour race again. Only to get, like, a couple months later and be like, I want to be back covering it again. So, like, I, I, I will fully admit today because i was thinking about it after you texted me that and i'm like yeah i, I kind of want to i kind of want to be in daytona again in a couple Itchy, months man. um but it's it's really it, it sucks it's hard it's like 
you either go into it going, I'm going to stay up for 24 hours or you commit to like 16 hours and getting like a couple hours of sleep. And I like this year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out to the car. I'm going to take a nap. And I got out to the car and, you know, the all the lights are on. The cars are driving by you. you so I, I slept and I'll, I'll share the picture again in the media center, like with like three chairs. And I just like spread across the chairs from like, I don't know, maybe one o'clock to four o'clock ish in the morning and your back hurts and you're miserable. We went through, I think I probably had five cups of coffee and like four monster sugar-free monsters. And I ate like shit all, all morning. You know, I went to Wawa and got like four bags of chips and a couple bags of Skittles or something like it's a disgusting (laughs) event. Like, I mean, it's truly like not a proud moment to be like, Oh yeah. Like, I had that and uh, Chick-fil-A and some pizza or something at midnight. Like, it's just... You just feel uh, like shit after. Yeah, like, you get home and it's, like, three days of recovery. And, I mean, there are some guys, like, you know, shout out, like, Mark Urban and, and Jamie Price, who, you know, do videography and photography, like, who do all 20... Oh, I don't think Jamie did 24 hours this year. I'm pretty sure they caught him sleeping. But, like, Mark was up, all, did all 24 hours, and then, like, you know, had dinner after the race and, you know, was like, I mean, I'm sure he was tired, but he was still alive. And I mean, I, you know, I tapped out at, I tried to tap out at like 10 PM. It's, it's tough, but I mean, it's really cool to, to be out on a racetrack. It was a little difficult this year. Cause it was like literally 32 degrees at four o'clock in the morning. Like you're trying to go out and like take some, take some photos, get some, some audio of the cars and, you can't even take your hands out of the gloves because it's just so cold. But, like, I remember a couple of years ago, yeah, I, I covered it in 2020 right before COVID hit. And being out on pit lane at, like, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, it's 43 degrees. There's nobody there. It's just race cars driving around you and just being, like, this is the most peaceful thing on the planet right now for me. It's just race cars and no people. Uh, so it's 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 quite an experience if you can cover a 24 hour race. I did it 20 uh, in 2021. We weren't they were only allowing a certain number of media, so we actually covered it from home. And I had like my Twitch stream running for literally all 24 hours. Wow! And I think I made it like 19 hours. I mean, it's a little bit easier when you're at home because you're not running around. But it's really fun. I'm excited. I hope you know because I'll be in Road America for IndyCar this weekend. So I don't know how much i'll get to watch but definitely like saturday night or saturday morning maybe like in the media center and then saturday night into sunday morning i'll try to catch as as much as i can because i mean lamont is awesome it's such like it's definitely like a bucket list race to get to at some point in my life i think for you jason it'd be spa right yeah oh yeah i would be up there i want to work too right on the beach but Spa's got more history, you know. To to be, sit at the top of Eau Rouge and Radion would just be to see those cars flat out coming over the hill, going right, and then have to go left at that speed. I think would just be like insane to see in person. I would love that. Yeah, I yeah. that would be in my F one bucket list. Yeah. yeah, or twenty four when they do the twenty four, and it's pit and it's in the forest, you know, yeah. in, in the dark. Or, or Nurburgring, for that matter, you know? The Nurburgring 24, which is just... I don't know how that, that how that's done on that track. Yep. Just, I, I've i never covered that one, obviously, remotely. Um, but when is that? Is that coming up later in the summer? Has Nurburgring, it passed? Well, Spa's got to be... Into, I think it's closer to the summer, yeah. Because Nurburgring, I thought 24H at Nurburgring didn't happen already. It might have. Frenchie, do you have any I idea? I don't think Spa 24 has happened yet. I think it did happen already. It did. I thought so. Because I remember seeing a car, it was a, whoever was the winning car last year wrecked, I think, in this year. I have trouble keeping track of all the racing series I'm it's talking about. There's so many in terms of that, yeah. It's a tough to keep track of. Well, boys, well, this was awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you hopping on and... and we should we should do this more than once a year, no doubt. And we'll get no and we'll get a, a little actually, uh, yeah, more than a biannual, but make it you know yeah check in yeah when, I like that when twenty two cool. comes out F one twenty two and cross platform, 
We'll do the pit lane parlay versus stick to F1 lobby. Okay, I like that. We Mike, can do that. Be ha- Mike, you and I will be handling the back row while Jason does laps <laughs> around us, pretty much. You know, we'll go to we'll, we'll go to Jetta. Jason, oh, hey, go well. to Jetta. Oh, of course you want to go to Jetta. You want I'll to be I'll be last place. One percent in the world. Oh on yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Not me. Um, I'm probably in the bottom one percent in uh, Jetta. I didn't crash there this year when we ra- we raced there. I don't know, maybe a month ago. I didn't crash. I mean, I didn't come close to you doing anything. <laughs> Yeah, I'm an animal uh, at that track. I've got the rhythm of Sector 1 down. Love it. um, I'm a little jealous. I am curious about it. It's going to be fun in the game. Yeah, I think it'll be fun to to play. The third zone is going to be just a pain in the ass. Carnage. Especially under the overpass. I mean, you put a double chicane under under an overpass. What the hell? Very bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. Very bizarre. Boys, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Sounds good. Thanks, right. guys. See you guys. Nice to meet you guys. See ya. Part two, we're going to do Baku predictions, and then just one maybe controversial topic that came up earlier today. And did want to thank Jason and Anthony for hopping on again. Always love getting to talk to my hometown hockey friends who also – have the stick to f1 podcast check it out they're a lot of fun to listen to also one of them is much better at video games than i am so i have kind of forgot about that to be honest with you but baku predictions all right we're gonna dive right into this everybody knows about uh yeah what are the race times go ahead they just give you these real quick that uh practice one these are kind of early this weekend so i don't know how much you'll be able to watch at road america but i'll be keeping tabs yeah. So Friday morning, practice one, 7 a.m. Eastern. Practice two is 10 a.m. Eastern on Friday. Practice three, Saturday at 7. Um, Saturday at 10 for qualifying. And then the race is Sunday at 7 a.m. So you might be able to get that in. Yeah, I could do the race. I mean, I might have to get up early and drive over to the media center just to make my life a little bit easier. But eh, qualifying may be, may be doable because I don't – think IndyCar qualifying is till um, noon central on Saturday. So, so it'll be, be over by to, 11. Yeah. Yeah. Should be able to make it work. All right. So who is going to have a good weekend? I think, well, what's interesting about this track is that we've had four Grand Prix there and nobody's won it twice. No driver at least. Yeah. Um, but I think Red Bull's going to be successful. Max has not won it. So let's say Max. Okay. Yeah, I you know, like we said earlier, they're definitely gonna have the straight line advantage speed there over Ferrari. So with that being said, I'm gonna take a Ferrari here and say Carlos Sainz comes away with his first career victory. All right, you just jinxed him. Oh, one hundred percent. But he seems to be cursed somehow, I don't know why. He seems like such a good dude. Who's having a I know, I know. Who's having a bad weekend? Um, it's too easy for me to just always say Lance Stroll because he had a tantrum uh, last week that I'm never going to like yeah. let that go because that was one of the most unpleasant sounds my ear has ever heard. And I didn't <laughs> expect to hear it while watching an F1, you know, like qualifying. Yeah. But let's see. I think that uh, it's too easy to say Ricardo because he's just been like in the doldrums. Let's just say that Russell's going to have a bad race because we were talking about the Mercedes are probably going to have difficulty. So I think it's about time his luck turned a bit. All right. You stole my answer. <laughs> yes. I saw that really as soon as I said it. Frustrating. It was clear. Uh, I will take Ocon. I think the, I don't know why I'm just, and then this is no, not my personal bias against Ocon. Just picking him. All right. Q3 surprise. Oh, I'm supposed to be writing these down. I'll do that. Yeah, you might have to go back and listen to this the end of the episode. That's okay. I can do that. Uh, Q3 surprise. Hmm. I just got distracted by talking to the other guys on the first part of the episode. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't have to be writing anything down, even though I have a notepad <laughs> right next to me here. Um, Q3 surprise. Let's say that is Vettel a Q3 surprise. I'm going to pick him. I would say yeah. I will take. 
Um, I will take, you know, let's, mm, no, I can't do that. I really don't know what, where, what direction. I, let's, let's go uh, Zhou Guan Yu. All right. And then let's, let's switch up the last prediction here. This is, can tend to be a chaotic race, not necessarily. So we're going to do a betting style prediction on the last one here. And I'm going to set the over under for total cautions at 2.5. I'm going to go over or under? I'm going to go over. Okay, I'll take the under. And, oh, oh, we're not we're not done yet. I have a semi-controversial topic, like I said. I don't I don't know, but, uh, well, uh, the, the new FIA president, Mohammed Ben Sulaim, uh, Suleiman, however you say it. Sulaim, yeah. Sulaim, okay, thank you. Uh, you know, don't want to get canceled for mispronouncing anybody's last name or anything. Well, some he was being interviewed, and this is, you know, this I do have to say this is semi out of context because I don't know what was before this, if he was kind of baited into this answer, but the answer's pretty bad. So the the answer to the question of what should the sport not become, so talking about the future of F1, well, Nicky Lauda and Nicky Lauda and Alain Prost only cared about driving. Now Vettel drives a rainbow bicycle. Lewis is passionate about human rights. Lando Norris addresses mental health. Everybody has the right to think. To me, it is deciding whether we should impose our beliefs in something over the sport all the time. I am from an Arabian culture. I am international and Muslim. I don't impose my beliefs on other people. Blah, blah, blah. Skipping some parts that aren't that interesting. There are 34% women and seven religions in... The UAE, where he's from. UAE, okay, yeah. okay, and even more Christians than the Muslims. I am proud, proud because it creates credibility and merit. Do I go and pose my impose my beliefs on people? No. Rules are there even now when issues arise when it comes to, for example, jewelry. I didn't write that. So, well, being that Jason dropped a couple f bombs, I'm probably gonna do. Probably um, maybe one of my first ever, and I'm just gonna—I might edit it out. <laughs> what the? F <laughs> like, what? <laughs> the, you know, I, I am not going to go all religious here, but I'm pretty sure the Muslim religion is has a bunch of restrictions and rules on women and all sorts of stuff. You know, what they can wear, what they can't wear, et cetera, et cetera. That's as far as we're going to go on that one. But. People, drivers are using their platforms to stand up for various things that they believe in. Lewis and human rights, you know, Vettel and the LGBTQ world, and also like sustainability. I meant Vettel there. I don't think, I don't know if I said Lewis twice by mistake. And Lando and kind of the mental health side of the sports. All are incredibly important topics that we need to be talking more about in 2022, not less about. They're not going out there in the middle of the race like, hey, let me, you know, throw a rainbow flag out the car to the fans. Like, they're not crossing any boundaries that they shouldn't cross. If they want to talk about it on the race weekend in an interview and in whatever, you know, Vettel wants to ride a bike into the track, who cares? Like, why, why are we making this, like... The future of F1 should be about the fact that, like we said earlier, this, the car is the size of a Chevy Suburban, not the fact that Lewis is concerned, rightfully so, with human rights issues around the world. You're, you're totally missing the point of the direction of the sport if that's what you're worried about, and that's so troubling. Yeah, his kind of very flippant response to those gestures which really i think meant something to each of those drivers is pretty offensive yep so yep. yeah i'd say that this is not a really good look by him obviously we like the activism by the drivers some people are offended by it uh it seems like muhammad ben salam is one of those people who just wants to kind of purify the sport and not have any controversial messages being said um, which might make sense from his role at the top. But honestly, I think uh, drivers are human beings too. And with their platform, 
if they're going to use it for good and speak about issues, not impose their views, speak about issues and raise awareness. I, I think that's nothing but a good thing. Yeah, I don't think anybody in terms of their beliefs has ever gotten to the point where you're like, oh, I don't want to hear about this this weekend. It's all stuff that needs to be talked about more around the world. Every issue that we that at least he talked about there, and I'm sure there are other drivers who are also bringing that stuff up, stuff various topics up. So I just it's just so disappointing and exhausting, and it's just not it's just not right on so many levels. And well, I don't know. I'm just gonna leave it there. I got nothing else to add to that. That's positive so <laughs> yeah nothing productive else to say <laughs> uh, nothing else productive to say other than good riddance so yeah, again baku's this weekend road america's this weekend le mans this weekend i think that's there's no is there nascar but no one really cares about that and formula E's off this weekend yeah i still have to watch jakarta i haven't i know you sent me the link and i still haven't watched it um, but yeah make sure you make your grid rival pick Thank you again, Jason and Anthony, coming on. Make sure you follow them and check out their show. And everybody, have a lovely weekend of racing. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of Paddle or Padel, as it's called in North America. This is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable Paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional Paddle players, industry insiders and passionate Paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!